0: just go to Cards.com. It's magical.
1: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we'll be breaking down, uh, again, breaking down what was an absolute disaster of a game on Monday night and also talking about the biggest game of the season for the Patriots, the most important game of the season, a do-or-die situation in New Jersey on Sunday afternoon. But first, we're going to be starting next week with a new intro song we have a brand new intro song with help from uh, a fellow teacher of mine who has a fantastic voice uh credit to matt for for finding the auto audio and then we got a little voiceover work for us so we're going to start every show with it uh from now on but i figured i'd give you an intro and just warn you before it comes but uh here we go
0: you're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast, presented by Pat's Pulpit. We're, we're up in the production Woo. value here week over week, Pat.
1: Yes we are. Yes we are. So that's a good one. Shout out to Mr. Jake's for that one. Mr. Steven Jake's, appreciate you. Um came out good. It came out good. Came out much better than the Patriots game on Friday, on Monday night did. That was a freaking disaster. There's a million things we're going to talk about about that game. Um but before we get into it, Matt, I <laughs> Listen, before I get into all my ranting, because you know it's coming. (laughs) Before I get into all my ranting, you were mentioning before, you know, off air that you kind of see and understand why Belichick made the decision he made. And so since nobody really has talked about that, because that is not the conversation that anyone's having right now. Since no one's really talked about that, why don't you kind of bring that up now? We'll start with that, because I think that that's kind of an important thing to talk about.
0: Yeah, this is one of those I feel like in, in my spare time since Monday night, I've been going through the film and also just reading all the comments, reading what everybody has to say about this and all the reports, trying to put the puzzle pieces together. And the best I can figure it out is that Mac got medically cleared to play last week and can do everything. He's just in pain doing it. So he convinced Bill to say, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play, but They knew that there was going to be some kind of rotation because Mac is not at completely full strength yet. And they wanted to make sure it's, I guess, kind of treating it like a pitcher, like he's going to go out there. And once he's tired, we're going to put the next guy in, except you can rotate. And the quarterbacks knew this. My guess is that the coaches kind of thought this is not that big of a deal. The offense has been practicing with both of these guys all season long. It's not going to matter which one of them is back there to them because they still got to do their job. So we're not really going to pass it along. And that was the game plan going into it was we're going to let Mac play as much as he can. And when he can't play, Zappy's going to go in and handle everything. And And we think Zappi can win us the game, but Mac is better, gives us a better chance to win. So we're going to put him out there as much as possible. Then second drive, you've got Mac taking a sack on a play that ended up not counting that were offsetting penalties on it but he kind of goes down a little bit awkwardly and it seemed like he had the corner on the defensive lineman and just goes down anyway you got zappy after that with his helmet on on the sideline he looks like he's ready to come in they don't have him come in yet third drive is the one that ends in the pick but the throw before the pick i tweeted out a video of it earlier you can see on the throw mac looks very uncomfortable on that front foot he's wincing a little bit and my feeling looking at all this was that mac was sore And they were probably going to pull him after that third drive anyway. It just so happened that there was a pick which kind of made the decision look the way it did. And they were going to let Zappi play. And Zappi came out and played well. So you're not going to pull him at that point. You're going to let him start the second half. And then the way things went, the Bears scored a field goal before the half. I think field goal on the first drive. Pats go three and out with Zappi. Another field goal. Pats go three and out again. So Zappi gets two drives, six plays total in the second half. And then the Bears score a touchdown. And all of a sudden, the game is entirely out of reach. And there is no reason to put an injured quarterback back in the game. If the game is close, you're willing to risk it because you need the win. But at that point, there's no reason to do it. So with Mac being named the starter now for next week, I think that pretty much clears up that at least to the coaches right now in this moment, there isn't a QB controversy. You're not rushing Mac back to play in this game and letting him play not at full strength unless you think he's the better guy. They're trying to win football games here like you're not you're not putting him out there unless you think he's better. And there are issues with Mac Jones's game right now. He's There's a lot to work out there. This is far, far from a polished product, but I don't think we should look at an 11 drop back sample size and decide that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And they're going to Zappi here. I think it's more complicated than that. And Bill is never going to be the one to comment on this stuff a lot. And that is even more so the case when there's an injury in the mix, right? You don't know what the way players bodies are going to respond. He's always deferred to the medical guys on that first. And then he makes a decision. So I don't think he wants to get in the middle of anything. He's going to defer. It comes off a little weird. He could have handled it better but this isn't as insane as it looks Monday night when we were all watching the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just thought it was, I just thought it was a terrible idea to start him. I just thought it was a bad idea to start him primarily because of what you said, right? You, we knew he was going to be in pain. We knew it. You, you, any sane person would know that he was going to be in pain no matter what. And sure. It's a pain tolerance thing. Fine. But you know, uh, a, a high ankle sprain is four to six weeks. It had been exactly four weeks. Matter of fact, I'm sorry, that's not true. It had been four weeks and a day since he had since he had suffered the high ankle sprain. There was no reason to rush him out when you have the most important game of the season coming up on Sunday, and now Mac Jones has a short week to deal with that. Yep. Now, maybe you said, "Okay, well, we're going to get you out there and get your feet wet a little bit," and we'll get why. Why? It doesn't it yeah. doesn't benefit anything, right? Now, maybe you say, oh, maybe he's magically fine. Maybe he looks great in the first three drives. And we're up 21 to nothing. And, and it doesn't matter. But it's just like it, it was it to me, that was stupid. It was stupid to put him out there on Monday night when you knew you were gonna pull him and the, the crowd, like this is where sometimes you gotta have a little bit of um awareness of the situation. You know. The Boston fan base is crazy and stupid, and we're going to get to the fans. Don't you worry, we're going to get to the fans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you know, you have to understand that they're dumb. They want Bailey Zappi. They're already full. They're already finished with Mac Jones, and they want Bailey Zappi, which is incredibly stupid. But that—that's what they wanted. He had played great for two games, yeah. and they were like, "This is our guy." We, you know, we want this. He's the next guy. You have to understand that situation and realize that Mac's probably not going to be able able to play the whole game even if he plays well he's probably not gonna be able to play the whole game what are we doing setting him out there we're just we're setting him up for failure and I know he wants to be out there but it's it's now it's the coach's responsibilities to step back and say okay we know you want to be out there you're medically cleared you're still not playing
0: and I don't I don't automatically object to the idea of saying, Hey, we think this guy gives us a much better chance to win this game. So even if we can only get him for half the possessions, let's use him for that. I at least see the reasoning, but if you're going to do that, I think you have to set expectations internally. You have to let people know in advance, Hey, this is the plan. Mac is the guy for this game, but there's going to be some plays here where he's not going to be able to do it. And we're going to have Zappy in there. Right. And he might be tired. He might be hurt, whatever it is. Um, and I'm not like, it's, it's tough with the fan part of things because you can't let the fans dictate what you're doing on the field, but also the players are people with emotions and you got to protect them. And if you go back, this is the, the Bill Belichick origin story back in Cleveland in the nineties. This is where he got into issues because he did what he thought was best with the quarterback position and the fans did not understand it. Right. And Bill was actually, I mean, you look back, he was right, but (laughs) That's not the way it came across and this is his style of management works very well when you're winning and it doesn't come across as well when things aren't going well right um, which I think is a little bit of a double standard from the fan perspective. uh yeah <laughs> but it's the way the world works. it happens in everything. it's just kind of how people react to stuff right. So I'm glad that they named a starter for this game in advance. I think that helps. And I think it maybe it was naive, but my guess is from the coach's perspective, it was we Mac is was the starter all season long, started this season, was a first round pick last year, won accolades, he's a team captain. Right. Nobody internally is gonna is gonna doubt this. That's probably their expectation. But
1: right. But again, I I just I don't know. I, I just think if you if we're walking into game now, listen, it's a very different situation if Mac Jones is a, is a wide receiver and we're saying, Hey, he it's limited snaps. Like he can't go hundred percent, but like Amon Ross St. Brown's a great example. You know, last week when they played Detroit, they knew Amon Ross Ra- couldn't play every snap, but they're like, Hey, let's get him out there. We'll, you know, he'll play 10, 15 snaps. We'll just get him out there. And then if he breaks one great because he's, he's the best player we have on offense. So like, let's just see what happens. You know, they didn't do that with Mac Jones. Right, yep. they didn't say that. You can't necessarily do that with the starting quarterback. Right? It, it's it's not the place to do it. You know. And, and like you said, Jacoby Myers didn't know. Trent Brown didn't know. Ramondre Stevenson didn't know. None of these guys knew that the plan was to go to Bailey Zappi after Mac Jones. You know that Mac wasn't going to play the whole game, and that Mac was going to come out at some point.
0: Like that that report That's only stupid. came out like minutes before kickoff when Schaefer tweeted it out. Right. Um. Yeah, and I think I think Jeff Howe had a good piece. I think Jeff Howe has covered this entire saga incredibly well for anybody that subscribed to the Athletic. His writing yeah. alone is worth the price. He does, he's yeah. covered this very sure. very well. Um, the way Schefter handled it was I thought was really interesting too. He basically dropped like minutes before kickoff on ESPN, like, hey, both of these guys are playing tonight. After the whole lead up to everything, and it looked like all right, Mac is going to be the guy. Which it was. I I. Schefter has good sources, but he also, I think, is not ESPN's best reporter for stuff in New England. Right. So when that came out, I was kind of questioning it, but you you watch, and it's it's also funny that we're talking about Mac and the health of his ankle. He was the leading t- rusher for the team. In I know.
1: Yeah. It's, he it's, can do but, everything. He just right. he was in pain. I, and you wonder, like, I almost wonder, so Garrett Gilbert doesn't get pulled up for the game. Mm-hmm. And he... he the deadline to do that was Saturday, right? So you had to pull Garrett Gilbert up on Saturday, or no, Sunday, right? A day before the game. Is it the day before the game?
0: Yeah, I think it's four o'clock the day before the game. Something okay, like that. so it might be o'clock. later with a prime time, but something,
1: yeah. maybe. But either way, right? Saturday comes and goes. Garrett Garrett Gilbert doesn't get pulled up, so you say, okay, fine. Now maybe Mac, I don't know, took a step back, right? On Monday morning, woke up, ankle didn't feel great. Monday morning, and they're like, "Oh crap!" Now he's in in getting treatment, trying to make it feel better, blah, blah so on and so forth. And then, like now they're leading up to the game, they're like, "Oh crap!" He's not going to be able to make it the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to put out, we're going to have to put something out that says, "Yeah, no, Zappy's got to play at some point." But again, it's just it's just the timing for me. It's just the timing. Like it was just like is, it's, it looks so bad,
0: weirder than it needed to be, which I right. think is kind of the issue here.
1: But I think it. Then it comes back to my original point, where like even if it was a situation where Mac took a step back on Monday, well, if he was close enough where he could take a step back and only be able to last a few series, he shouldn't have been on the field in the first place. Like he just yeah. shouldn't have been, you know.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing at the end of the day is you. Ha- I think I understand Bill's aversion to this, but you have to have some kind of a plan and a structure going into this. I understand you have to be able to adjust on the fly and versatility, and you shouldn't just be locked into things for the sake of being locked into them. That's kind of the antithesis of the Bill Belichick experience. Right. But higher, like leadership and hierarchy on the field kind of matters, especially at the quarterback position. And and I, hopefully we look back on this as one weird game in the season and not something we're going to find out. Because yeah. I, th- I think the other aspect of this is, and they named the starting quarterback for this week, but they haven't said Mac is the guy for the year or anything like that, which also may feel like he doesn't need to say that.
1: I mean, but, maybe, but when Cam was playing so horrendously bad, he said it over and over and over and over and over again when people I, kept asking about him, right? And he just kept saying, Cam's the guy, Cam's our guy, Cam's the guy, Cam's our guy, which, Cam's our quarterback, which.
0: Like, and I think a big part of that too is that uh, Zappy is already better than anything we saw from Stidham, <laughs> right. right? Which that that changes the decision. It was one of those where it didn't really matter how Can played. Stidham wasn't giving you showing you anything that showed he could be better. Like that's yeah. if he's in practice, there's nothing. That's probably a little bit different here. Although Zappy did not look good. Not like neither one of these guys looked good. There were. Zappy basically had two, three plays when everybody was juiced up and the building was rocking. Like that's and, not And everyone
1: was wide much. open. I mean, the, he, he made missed, two he, nice, he made two nice throws. He made a really yeah. nice throw down the left sideline to Devontae Parker. And he also made a really nice throw on a slant route to Devontae Parker in traffic. Uh yep. I think that was was that mm-hmm. in the second quarter still? I think it was before the Myers fumble. Right? Was it yep. right before the Myers fumble? So Something. that was a nice throw. He made two nice throws. The Ramondre one, I could have made that throw, Uh, you know, and. And The Jacob Myers
0: throw was a bad throw. It was a bad throw, right? Right. It was a bad throw.
1: And so, you know, but Myers was so wide open that he was able to dive, get up, and then still score the touchdown. So it was like, you know, you you think about how wide open the guy was. I mean, that's, it's that type of stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. And think about how differently this entire discussion looks. If Devontae Parker high points that ball for a touchdown on the first drive of the season, Yep. And that throw from Zappi to Parker in the, the Cleveland game early on isn't is one that Parker doesn't come down with or that gets picked or anything right. like that was third down. So yeah, you, you force a punt or whatever. Like Parker has made a couple really good catches this season. And the one time he didn't come out, come down with it on a jump ball happened to be when Mac was playing and happened to be in a bad situation and happened to be a missed call and half uh, all of this stuff. Right. It's like football is right. situational and uh, that's. All three of those plays, the, the play, the catch he made on Monday and the catch he made against the Browns and the catch he didn't make against Miami were all incredibly similar plays.
1: Right. Right. And that's the thing. Like, oh, you know, people say, oh, it was back shoulder. and was underthrown. the The one last night was back shoulder and under the for Monday night was was underthrown. And he had to jump over the guy to go get it. Like he just he went up and got it. Unlike in Miami where he didn't. And part of the reason he didn't is because he was getting interfered with. Right. And so it's like, right. you know, that's it, it's just it is what it is. Right. And and unfortunately, football is a results-based game from pretty much everybody. It's a results-based game. So if the pass is complete, it was a good play. If the pass is incomplete, it was a bad play. And it's very black and white for a lot of people. Now, listen, we try to look past that, right? A lot of analytics try to look past that. But to the common fan and to, you know, the common person watching, it's a Mm results-based league, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: Yeah. and it's, yeah, I know, I know you want to talk about the fans. I just want to say say one more kind of thing here before we get to it. It might sound crazy, but the first half of this game was not that different from what happened in the lions game. Yeah. Just the plays didn't bounce through. I mean, you think about it. uh, The the bears on one possession had a ball batted at the line by Anthony Jennings on a screen, which he's not going to pick that. But if he somehow manages to and makes a crazy play, that's a touchdown for the Patriots. Yep. They fumbled uh, on a play. Oh, sorry, though. That was the possession beforehand. The Bears the, fumbled yeah, five sorry. times. Yeah. So the first, sorry, the first possession of the game for the Bears, they fumbled it. Patriots couldn't get on it. And they kicked mm-hmm. the field goal. And Jack Jones came about this far away from blocking the kick, Yeah. which is exactly what happened in Miami. They go down. They force a strip sack. Miami lands on the ball, kicks a field goal. Cody Davis almost blocked it. And they're up three nothing. Same exact thing. The second possession yep. got a pass, batted down. Saw you were to the Marcus Jones play where he has some really good recovery speed to break it yep. up. He got both hands on that. That could have been a pick. Right. And the next play, they forced a Justin Fields fumble and it goes out of bounds on the third down sack. And it's yep. like any of those plays goes differently. We're talking about this a little bit differently. Any right. one of those, the couple offensive penalties on the first two possessions that really, really hurt them from Trent Brown. If one of those doesn't happen, then we might be talking about the entirety of this game differently. And then that bears game with the bears drive when they drove down, scored the touchdown and made it 10, nothing. There was a couple holding calls that I think it was holding to the same level of things that were called at other points of the game. One was particularly egregious on Lawrence guy, where he got like dragged away from the play by his shoulders. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, if you're complaining about the refs you're losing like i'm not i'm never going to blame the of refs of course for the right but the, the patriots team right now is not good enough to overcome a bunch of 50-50 plays not going their way they are as correct. good as the outcome of those close plays
1: yeah and there was a, there was a play with fields too I, I i still am in shock that they missed it but fields is running towards the sideline and i i don't know if it was marcus jones i think it was marcus jones that was over there trying to stop him from getting a first down and not only was getting held the, the the receiver was grasping his face mask as he was blocking him and holding him. And it was like the ref is standing right there. How could you possibly miss that? You're looking at the sideline and he's standing right there. It was crazy. And so, but again, like you say, you know, I mean, this game has nothing to do with the refs, but the Patriots aren't good enough to overcome those 50 50. I mean, you say it perfectly. Like, they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They were good enough to do that before. They're not anymore. Like, if. Yep. They're turning the ball over, they lose. If they're forcing turnovers, they win. That's what happens. That's the way it goes okay. on this team right now. You know, yeah. And even yeah. like the Trent Brown, the Trent Brown holding play on the first drive was a five-yard offsides. No big deal. On the second drive, that's a second down play, and it was defensive holding. That's an automatic first down. So now you have another first down to deal with, and you've moved it a little bit further. So that's and the type of stuff where it's a. Move
0: to third and five, back right. to a third and ten. They called a run there instead, right? Which uh, I don't know if you want to get into the fan stuff before we talk about the offensive line here. Yeah, but so the offensive line is a concern.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the fan stuff for me, I, I'm wearing. I, I wore this shirt intentionally. It says the North remembers. Okay, the North, the North remembers, and partly because you know uh game of thrones not really game of thrones but house of dragons ended on on sunday um but also because mac jones will remember and i will freaking remember okay that was absolutely disgusting that is one of the that is the might be the only time in my life that i've been embarrassed to be a patriots fan i was i was actually embarrassed to be at the stadium on monday night it was embarrassing it was it was a shame it was sickening it made me sick like to hear those people, the papers go three and out on the first drive. Mac Jones goes one for one with a, with a pass to Ramondre Stevenson that w- was a, 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 what's it called, a screen a pass screen. that goes for, for negative one or something like that. Mac Jones goes one for one on the first drive. And they get booed off the field after a three and out. You're booing Mac Jones after a three and out, the first drive of the game. Now, this is a guy who, and, and you know, Remember back to the to the to the uh uh Baltimore game right in that two point conversion that didn't happen but Damien Harris has the ball he pitches it back to Mac Mac dives into the end zone through two defenders like that was an amazing play by Mac Jones that's the type of guy he is he pushed his way back he had a high ankle sprain and missed zero weeks of practice he was at practice every single week since his high ankle sprain you don't see that happen and so now after he makes the, – after they make the playoffs with him last year and he played – he hasn't played well this year. That's fine. But, like, then you're going to boom after three freaking plays? What the hell is wrong? Then the second drive happens. Again, they miss a few more plays, more penalties on the offensive line. Now you're chanting Zappy when he comes off the field. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Now you're two drives in, and not only are you booing them, you're chanting for the backup quarterback. The level of disgust, it was it was horrifying. Then, of course, he throws the pick, which was a, a bad throw. It, there's no way around it. It was a bad throw. 100% you won't catch any argument from me. But then you're booing him like crazy again. Then the crowd goes nuts when Zappy goes in. Well, guess what? You got what you freaking wanted because Bailey Zappy sucked in the second half. He sucked. In the second half, you saw what Bailey Zappi really was when the plays weren't working, when guys weren't wide open. Bailey Zappi couldn't make a throw to save his life
0: when you aren't playing a defense that's one of the two worst in the NFL. Yeah, like, and I really, really like Bailey Zappi. He's a great guy. He's yes. already better than we could have expected him to be that's as correct. a mid-round pick. He's yep, awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheer for that guy as loud as I've cheered for anybody because he seems like a great guy, a fun player. Teammates love him, right? But this isn't like. This isn't a TV show where you're you're picking between which side you want to win. You're rooting for your favorite character. Like These are human people out there trying to do a job and trying their best. Again, I get, get booing your own team. You can do it when it's obviously poor effort or when things aren't working and it's veterans and it's leaders and all that and expectations are high. It's exactly – Is a guy who's trying his hardest playing through a freaking ankle injury right. trying to help this team. I'm getting no help from his offensive line through the first three series. Like that's come on now. It's it ridiculous. was ridiculous.
1: It was sickening. And I and was, it is embarrassing. I tweeted out at the moment I tweeted out, you know, anyone that's chanting Zappi needs to leave like immediately. And I think I said, take Miles Bryant with you, but, uh, <laughs> and but you know, know but I'm uh, like, right. And then of course, Zappi leads him down the field, scores two touchdowns. And then everyone's like, Oh, Pag, Oh, see what's happening. And, and then, and then they have like 130 yards of offense on the next like six drives, and Zappi turns the ball over three times, and it's just like, you know, this is what you're going to get from Bailey Zappi if everything isn't perfect. Yes, great. They let it down, and and it. after that second drive, man, I'm like, maybe he's just a wizard. Like, maybe they just play better with him. I, I don't know. Like, I have no explanation for it. Why is Ramondre wide open in the flat? Why is Jacoby Myers the only person past the 25-yard line? Like, what the hell's going on? Then Miles Bryant gets a freaking interception. Are you kidding me? Like, he – you know, like, what the hell is going on? It was just like – it was just like one of those karma things where you're like, that's weird. And then everything came back to earth, and they scored, you know, 23 unanswered points, and the Patriots couldn't move the ball or pick up a first down or not turn the ball over. And it was just like – my goodness, you know, and he would have thrown a pick six if, if it wasn't Taequann Thornton that he was throwing to. It would have been a pick six because yeah. Thornton caught up and tackled the guy. Right. And it's just. It was just one of those things for me, like these fans are the same fans that have been cheering from Act. They're the same fan. They just and I get it. I understand. I, I, I understand that, like, you know, it's the new shiny toy. And around here, anytime we see a backup go in, we're like, oh, he's the next Brady. He's the next Tom Brady. Look at this. Mac Jones did it last year to Cam Newton. He's the next Tom Brady. He came in. He's the backup. He, he's going to be amazing. Bailey Zappi does how, the same thing. It's not how it works, people. No. It's not. It's not can, how it works.
0: Can, and you can play with the shiny new toy without tossing the old one into the trash can. You're right. allowed to have more than one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yes, that is correct. And, and it's, yeah, just like, it's just like I was – as mad as I was at Belichick and I was furious at Belichick for what he did. I thought it was, I yeah. thought he left Mac out to dry. I thought it he did like Mac real dirty. I thought he really did him dirty. Uh, and I thought based on, based on some of the um, comments from the players after the game, they felt the same way too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Jacoby
0: Myers in particular, I think Jacoby Myers, absolutely
1: happened. in particular. And of course he kind of clarified that and said, well, I was really more the fans, but like, when he said it, he wasn't talking about the fans when he said, when he said how Mac got treated. So, um, you know, I was pissed at Belichick, but I just, the fan base was just like, what are you doing? Right. And yeah. and I, we're going to get into Mac Jones. And I think, I think it's a good time to talk about Mac Jones, but be better, please be better. Right. And, and this is part of the issue that I have with, with Belichick now making that decision. If Mac Jones plays poorly on Sunday against the jets and they lose, what the hell is going to happen on Sunday uh, against uh, yeah, the Colts? I
0: the, yeah,
1: I mean the the fans are gonna the fans are gonna be out for blood.
0: Yeah, right. And that and that is not not fair to anybody involved no, in this no. situation. the situation. The ideal here is Matt goes pl- and plays well on Sunday. Everybody realizes that he makes a couple of big time throws in there. People realize, all right, well, I don't know if he's the franchise guy, but he's better than the other guy. This is right. this is our guy right now. You give him a nice round of applause to start the game and we all move on and pretend that this never happened Um, because that that's the best case here, because right. other, otherwise what basically just happened is your Mac Jones just walked in and watched his girlfriend cheat on him. Like, well, right. And like I, I that's, think, that's how this is going to feel.
1: Right. But, and my my thought. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I just, I was going to say props. It seems like in the couple of days since people have in the locker room and around the team have kind of rallied and bounced back pretty well. And they're mentally tough in that room. I will. Yes. If Bill Belichick's estimation of this is that I know that I can make these decisions and ignore what's going on with the crowd because I know my players can handle it. If that was his thought process, based on what we've seen so far, it seems like he evaluated them right. And I will give him props for that aspect. They do seem to be a mentally tough group in that respect.
1: And you're not wrong. I just think, you know, you're risking kind of this unwarranted stuff that's going on. And I had thought at the time that you ruined his career, that his career in New England was essentially over. You can't bench him in the middle of the game like that. You can't without any sort of, you know, explanation. And I know, oh, you know, it was part of the plan. What? What are you talking? And then after the game, like, to not hear that same stuff, I I just – a story needs to come out this week, written by Mike Reese or Jeff Howe or one of those guys that's really keyed in, mm-hmm. saying exactly what you said at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Mac was really hurting; he took a turn for the worse on Monday morning. They they, they had already they lost yeah. their ability to to activate Gilbert. They ha- they were forced to start Mac, but then they knew on Monday that they were going to have to play Zapp because Mac couldn't make it through the game. And it just so happened that it ended up being the third drive of the game and it looked awful, but it was like it was an injury thing. He had to come out because he couldn't play any longer. Right. A story like that has to come out this week, because if it doesn't, the fans are just sitting there looking at it saying, well, they pulled Mac because he sucked. And then Zabby went and he sucked. And so now Max, the quarterback again, like it just like that's that's not enough, you know,
0: and uh, and the other the other way can come out is talking about how he's a tough kid and he battled right. and they thought he could handle it, which I think we've also to an extent already seen. I think we saw Andrew Callahan talking about that and a couple right. other guys, which is, I mean, it's, it's what you want in a franchise quarterback. You want Correct. a guy who's going to bounce back and battle through stuff. So I'll give him props there. I will say, if we want to talk about what was going on around him, the, uh, his teammates did not make it easy for Mac Jones. I, you know, I just, yeah. I was going through the play-by-play the play and I watched all of Mac's dropbacks again, just trying to get a feel for it. And it's just first and 10 run for a no gain. So that turns into second and 10. Right. Mac misses a throw there, overthrows it a little bit. I know one of the announcers or the analysis guys was actually talking about how that was on Tyquan Thornton for that play. Spot.
1: That play didn't count.
0: It didn't end up counting, but but, but he did right. miss the throw. Yes. Um, but it's like, all right, you miss your first throw back, whatever. Next play is a screen pass that gets entirely blown up. And now all of a sudden you're in third and 11, which Max just takes off and scrambles. And there wasn't a lot going on there. I, right. Not it's third and 11. It's, there's not a lot you're usually going to be able to do on that unless you have defenders blowing coverages, which I know we're going to talk about the defense later in this. Yeah. yeah. Um And then you get to the, the second possession and you pick up yards on a first down, second down, you have that holding penalty on Trent Brown so that washes out a defensive holding yep and then you have on second down yards. yep second down you have a nice play action drawn up for Mac nobody open he has to dump it off to Damian Harris for 2 yards but you're in third and manageable third and 5 and then a false start forces you back in the third and 10 and you have to run so you were kind of talking about that but Mac really has not done anything wrong through this stretch and because of everything going on around them you're already two possessions in you've essentially only had six real players and you're down 10 nothing before you see the ball again and then they had by number of plays the longest drive that they had all day mac misses that that throw to taekwon thornton because trent brown can't hold a block for save his life he's got a guy in his lap yeah and he should probably hit that throw um I'll also note one of the, I forget who was another analysis guy was talking about how we thought Taekwon got held on that route and got slowed up. Jacoby Myers came over asking for a flag. So tough there, but you get yourself to third and five after a run, he scrambles another great play. Then another run, you pick up some yards. He hits Hunter Henry with that throw, which was amazing. That was real nice play. Really, really nice play. That is not the play we've seen Bailey Zappi make at any point through this. Right. That was a that was actually a really good throw, on a, a nice little pattern there. And then another scramble, which that was the only play where Max scrambled, where I had a little bit of an issue with it because on second and nine, I thought he had a guy open, he could have taken a shot. But you get to third and one, you're not really going to complain about that, right? They pick it up, which I thought was. Actually, I don't think they got that. I think they got a favorable spot on that one. It was but close, take, but yeah,
1: yeah.
0: You take it. And then the first and 10 is that play I was talking about where Mack looked injured, and it's a dump off to Damian Harris. Damian Harris just drops it. It should be second and five instead of second and 10. And, and so then the
1: and, and that play, I want to talk about that play because people were talking about how he missed Devontae Parker on the left, left sideline. And you're yeah. right that he <laughs> did initially. But the thing is, is that he looks open. He's not open. First of all, it's not there's, his first read. And second like three of all,
0: quarterbacks, they can make that throw.
1: Right. And the part, the thing is that that safety's coming over the top. If he throws it up there for Parker, it's getting picked off. It's getting picked off. So you don't make that throw unless you see it immediately and you can get it in there right over the corner. As soon as he passes the corner before that safety comes in, if it's not your first read, You can't make that throw, right? Maybe Josh Allen makes that throw. Maybe, maybe Josh Allen makes that throw, but nobody else in the league makes that throw. And if the timing isn't exactly right, it's a guaranteed interception. If Harris catches that ball, that's what a six yard gain or something like that. Like now you're looking at second and four, he's not even attempting that throw to, to John Smith, which was, was a horrendous decision, just a horrendous decision. And, And that's
0: exactly the kind of decision we've talked about.
1: And that's the thing. Like, the biggest issue that I have, and this is one of the things that – Jesus Christ, who was the freaking terror? Who was the terrible safety that kept getting beat deep? Uh, He got beat deep in in the Seahawks game twice in, like, 2013. Tavon Wilson? Tavon Wilson. Okay. Error repeaters, right? Belichick talks about this all the time. You cannot be an error repeater. Just Mm -hmm. don't make the same mistake over and over again. Like – if you're going to make mistakes, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to be fine. But when you make that mistake, you need to learn from the mistake. You need to move on, and you need to not make that mistake again. And the issue is, right now, Mac Jones is not doing that. Now, it's his first game back. He played three series. So, like, he's still a little bit rusty comeback. Fine. Okay, I'll chalk that one up as a mistake. But if I see another one of those where he just kind of throws it up and it gets picked off. It just gets to a point where you're like, dude, you can't keep making that throw. You can't,
0: and that, and that's the that's the play. Like if he loses his job in all of this, right. that right there is the play. I don't care about any of the other dropbacks. I thought he was at worst fine in the right. other stuff, and I think by and large it was. There wasn't really an opportunity for him to do anything with those. I think he made the most of what was available, and there wasn't much. It's that throw, and. Yeah, it's just, it's not great. Um, I will say, one other thing that I think was a little bit concerning, he looked uncomfortable mentally with the offensive line. And this is something we talked about going back to the preseason, which this seems to be new this year. He had issues at the end of the last season, throwing picks and all that. This was not one of them. Yeah, I And we have seen the issues with this offensive line. Most of the time in the pass protection, the line is good. But when they're bad, it's really they're bad. Real bad. Or and Brad- my guess is that was probably happening in practice, and he got a little bit skittish. Then it happens in the preseason games, and you, you're it's reinforced. And you go down to yeah. Miami, and however many possessions in second, third possession is when that strip sack happens, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm right to be scared. And he doesn't get over that until the Baltimore game, which was his best game of the year until the wheels fell off and. In some ways, the best game of his career until the wheels fell off there. Right. And then he gets hurt at the end of it. And yeah. he's back to being a little bit skittish in the pocket.
1: Well, and again, the wheels fall off of that game. But if Parker actually runs a route, that pass probably doesn't get picked off in the end zone.
0: And, and if Aguilar Nelson Aglore doesn't
1: fumble, then, like, you know, they maybe still win that game. Right. And, and then you're looking at Mac Jones saying, hey, he fought through the adversity. They still won, blah, 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 you know, all this other stuff. So, that's the thing for me. Brad mentioned uh, Trent Brown Trent Brown being absolutely atrocious on Monday. He was terrible, right? He was terrible. Have they, um, have they
0: gone a single game this season where one of the tackles was not awful? I think, I think the Ravens game is the only game this season where they have gotten serviceable performances yeah. from both tackles.
1: When you had mentioned that you thought David Andrews had a really bad game, and mm-hmm. I think Cole Strain Mike struggled Reese. too.
0: Yeah, Mike Reese picked up on that too. He was yeah. talking about it, especially the first couple of possessions. He just place where he's just not picking anybody up in the running game too. And that was the biggest reason why they weren't able to move the ball in the first couple of possessions. And it's that's where this team has struggled all since the, the end of the Brady era is that if they can't play with a lead, that's it. Do you know yeah. the last, you know, the last game where they trailed at any point and ended up winning it? Oh my God.
1: Um, <laughs> phew, I don't know when it's the,
0: it's the Panthers game last year. We're coming oh up on a full God, year.
1: dude. I mean, that's just, that's unbelievable. That's literally, you have to score first or you lose. Like, it's just.
0: Exactly. And, and that's, you that's know. That's the tough thing with this team. It's like, all right, the Bears go down and kick that field goal on that first drive. And the game's not over, but it kind of feels like it's over. Right. And that comes with the lack of consistency here. It right. it's like you can't rely on all 11 players to make average or better plays for 3 plays in a row
1: right which is just which is not good yeah. which is not and, good and so you know
0: yeah here's, here's something for you every single drive the patriots had that lasted more than 4 plays on monday night ended in a turnover
1: oh my lord that's yep.
0: just... and it was and it's 3 and out 3 and out then the mac pick and then touchdown touchdown 4 plays to 3 plays then yep. three plays fumble, three and out, three and out and then two zappy picks on eight and seven play drives.
1: Jesus. That's just terrible. And that's I mean, you know, you you can't win turning the ball over, of course, but one thing I one thing we have to talk about before we switch over to the defense cuz we're going to switch over to the defense. And I think we're going to be a little bit more brief with it cuz we're 40 minutes in at this point already, but
0: I could go 2 hours.
1: Uh yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> but it's getting late. Uh it's a school night. So but I, listen, I, I think the big thing for me is that you know, the coaching, the coaching, right? Billy Zappi can say whatever the hell he wants on Gresham's I'm sorry, but or whatever, whatever show he was on, I, I don't know what show he was on. Doesn't doesn't matter. The the midday show on the the other one, Mego and and them. Um, he can say whatever he wants. There is a zero percent chance that the same calls are being made with Mac Jones in a quarterback as they are with Billy Zappi in a quarterback. And oh yeah. Why are they making the game easier? I, I know why they're making the game easier for Billy Zappi because he's not as good of a quarterback. But why aren't they making the game easier for Mac Jones? I don't understand why they're not running the same plays. If yeah. guys are wide open on the plays you're calling for Billy Zappi, I mean think about think about what they did in the last few games. How many guys they had wide open? How many good plays they look at the Hunter Henry touchdown from two weeks ago. He was all by himself. It was a great play call, and they're not doing uh, any of that with Matt Jones. Driving me insane.
0: Well, I think some of that has to do with the defenses too, because they actually these two guys I think have the same number of play action plays drawn up for them. Somehow, I didn't feel like that watching it, but that's what the stats are saying. And yeah, it's just the guys are were happy. I think it's a little bit of chance here that the plays that the Bears defense blew happened to be the ones where Zappy was in. And part of that's probably the emotion in the stadium and the moment being supercharged, but they called one of those play action plays where you got the guard pulling and all that for Mac out of the shotgun. And that was the play where he had to dump it off to Damian Harris for two yards because there's nobody open. Why Man. these guys aren't getting open for that. I don't know. Um, and it was a different concept, but, the same stuff they usually run. It's just, it's a little. They call concepts to ask Mac to make higher difficulty throws because he can make the throws and it's more complex for the defense to handle where they have more stuff they got to deal with. It's just, it's a small sample size. Mac got 11 dropbacks and two of them didn't even end up counting because they were penalties. And four of them had basically no chance because of the execution of the guys around him. And it's, all right, he had five plays where he had an right. opportunity. And three yeah. of those he scrambled on. <laughs> so now you're down yeah. to two actual passing plays where he had a real chance to make a play. Right, right. And that's the yeah, pick in the Hunter Henry play. Like yeah. that's, which is...
1: It's not enough. Not enough, you know? Not and not even enough. even the pick, you know, he's in he's in trouble. Impri- this there. guys in impressing. his face, you know? So it's like, it's just, it's going to have to get better. I think the play calling does have to improve. I just, I haven't been, I was impressed the last few games. I haven't been super impressed with what they've done with Mac under center. And again, there's a multitude of reasons for that. But to me, especially if he's struggling, make it easier. Don't, you don't have to make it harder just because he can make those throws. Doesn't mean you want to ask him to make them all the time. You don't have to, you could just make them easier, you know? And I, that's part of it for me, you know, is that, um, is that I do think I do think that's the case. Now there is one question I want to get to before we get to the defense, because we're gonna do that. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to the defense, uh another lost soul here is asking about if the Pats are gonna make any trades at the NFL trade deadline. Of course, that happens after next week's game, but that will have already happened by the time we get to uh next week's show. Obviously not the instant reaction, but next week's show. Um I think they're gonna trade Nelson Aguilar and I think they're gonna trade Isaiah Wynn. I think they're gonna trade both those guys. If someone will take them. I think they're going to move both of those guys because Isaiah Wynn got benched. He's hurt, but he also got benched with Marcus Cannon. And, you know, although the offensive line didn't play great, I didn't hear one thing about Marcus Cannon, and usually when you don't hear a guy's name, it's pretty good. So he played yeah. okay. He wasn't amazing, but he played okay, right? And so, like, yeah. if you can survive a Cannon at right tackle for the season, you're trading Isaiah Wynn because you can get something back for him. Someone thinks, hey, if I give up a fifth-round pick, I can get something back for this guy. Yeah, um you
0: know is back now too which helps out your depth that you probably don't want to start him no. but it's he he might be better than canon uh, that i'm not sure about uh canon is only fine but yeah i could i could see wind going there's rumors about people being interested in agalor i know he has an injury but he only played three snaps thornton starting over him yeah which uh, let me I just, tell you, with, With slightly better quarterback and offensive line play, Tyquan Thornton might already have five touchdowns this year. With what we're seeing, because he's burning guys. He
1: smoked that guy, smoked him, and that was a touchdown. If Mac had, if Mac had a half a second more, that's a touchdown, Um, right? And and again, if Mac gets a half a second more on that play, how how different does this game look with you know an eighty-yard touchdown bomb to Tyquan Thornton, right? So like, yeah,
0: Yeah. that's the type of Uh, stuff
1: that you know that you can't. That you know, you don't see coming. I don't think they're going to make anything outside of that. I don't think they're going to add anyone unless they can. I would f- say, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Say, we have a couple injury situations to monitor David Andrews, Christian Barmore, um, and now Kyle Duggar. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they were doing a player swap or pick swap or something to get depth at some of these positions. If they, not, yeah, the defensive tackles, if, like we haven't gotten to the defense yet, defensive tackles not played well. Linebackers have not played well, and I think most importantly, when Kyle Duggar isn't out there as a safety, they don't have a heavy hitter from the second level. Phillips and Peppers are good, but they don't bring that same force. I don't know if you can get a guy like that in the trade market at this point if you're just looking for depth, Mm -hmm. but they might explore adding another run defender or two on the back end. I will say, I I don't think it's going to happen, but I love the thought of them bringing in Bradley Chubb as a guy who – Oh my God. Could be on the market. And yeah. Bill Belichick loves. If you guys haven't seen it, um, Bill got to work him out <laughs> at the draft. And he was clearly just for fun. Bill just wanted yeah. to work with him and get his hands on him because he liked him. But you don't see that much. Um, but if they like him and they don't like what they've seen, they have the. He's one year left on his deal. The Patriots have the money to extend him if they'd like to. Edge Defender is not always a priority for them. But. They like it if you can get if you can get a guy, they've been willing to pay the talent there if you get a guy who they think that good. He's been a good run defender. Um and if you're looking for cost, second in Josh Uche maybe.
1: Right. Which
0: and then you get him the extension, do. which is gonna be $18-$20 20000000 dollars a year, something like that for the next four or five years.
1: But then you have Judon and him.
0: <laughs> and guess. Judon's older. Like right. he'll Judon only has a couple years left on his deal, so that means you got a guy in place and yep. you're asking a little bit less of Dietrich wise, who I'll, the the bears definitely targeted him in some of these running situations when the Patriots went to their pass down personnel, they're running the, the QB power the option right at him and yep. when uh, uh, wise is a good player, but he can't do everything well. And Chubb is a yep. guy who does more things. Well,
1: yeah, yep. Agreed. So, anyways, that's the trade market. We'll see what happens next week. It's next Tuesday, I think, right? Next Tuesday is the trade Tuesday deadline.
0: Wednesday. Yeah. So,
1: we'll see what happens next week um, for that. Uh, if they make any trades, I'm sure we'll have an instant reaction on that. But um, mm-hmm. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut!
0: Just go
1: to SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4/3/2023. Void wherever hit. Here's where the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at
0: fritolaysnackat.sbnation.com.
1: Anyways, all right, let's get uh let's get over to the uh to the defense. Okay, we'll get over to the defense and um it was it was really bad. I mean, just aggressively bad. That's that might be the worst offense in the league that might be the through 6 games that might have been the worst offense in the league and they didn't just they didn't just score 33 they absolutely pounded the patriots defense i mean they just made the made the patriots defense look terrible and they
0: had, yeah they had five consecutive scoring drives all of them 30 yards or more including a 75 yard touchdown drive
1: yeah, just I mean, it's just brutal, you know, and there were a few good plays in there. The The touchdown pass to Herbert was a great call. It was, you know, Peyton Manning, the clip of Peyton Manning flipping out because he's like, that's the perfect play they have that they have. That's like the exact play you're looking for. And Fields made a really nice play to, you know, to get why I think it was wise to get his hands up or maybe it might have been Jennings. Either way, it doesn't matter. Whoever was coming in off the edge, got his hand up to get in that passing lane and Field just made a nice play to pump fake it and then change the arm slot to get it over to him, right? And and it ends up being a touchdown because it's against cover zero. There's nothing you can do, right? So um, you just – it's a perfect storm type of play. But yeah, they yeah, got – Yeah. You know, 250 yards rushing, just – I mean, just unacceptable.
0: Yeah. When this – it did feel like a perfect storm kind of game for the bears offense. I don't want to like you allowed 35 points at home to the bears and got run out of your own building. So I'm not going to hand wave that, but also the bears came in with a game plan that is very different from anything they had done this season. Fields made a handful of plays that I don't think he's made in his career. Right. Like if this, if you come into the game and you said that in the first half, you're going to force that many fumbles and, Fields is going to miss on some. I mean, he, he dirted some throws for no reason in the first half and just yeah. totally missed on guys and open in the flat. If you're like, all right, if he, he's going to come in and do all that. If you said that, you're thinking we're winning this game pretty easily. Problem is they, they watched the film, and they knew what the Patriots defense could not do when they pulled out a whole bunch of that stuff. Patriots still could not defend it, and clearly weren't prepared for Fields to do that because he's never done that. In the NFL, this is the first time they've asked him to run the ball that much in one game, and every single 50-50 play is, is except for that one pick. right? Bears made a play. I, I, I think mean. back to that that long third-down conversion where Mac Wilson is a free rusher, and we can talk about him missing the sack on that, but I didn't mind it this much because Adrian Phillips is coming around as a spy, and it was okay. I think he, I think it was less about let's like We obviously want the sack, but let's pressure him, force him off the spot, and we're going to have somebody coming from the other angle to spy, and he's going to have to make a throw. And that's right. that's the play last week where Kyle Duggar picks off Jacoby Persept on the first drive going for the tight end down, and he gets his head around. Well, McCordy doesn't get the head around. The ball fits in a tight window, and the tight end makes a catch that he didn't even think he was in bounds for.
1: Right. McCordy, by the way, also dropped an interception two plays before that. So.
0: And I, I think McCord. I think McCordy had a rough game. Yeah. I think Jawan Bentley had a rough game. That that Harry catch, it was Bentley's zone, and he left it. Like right. that. That's all that is. Right. Yeah. It's just
1: it, it's inexcusable stuff. And you know, I, I wonder. You know, Barmore was out, and, and Brad mentioned that Barmore was out. and That's bad. But like,
0: guy I don't know. came back.
1: Yeah, but like, I, I, I is Lawrence guy the problem? I don't know. Like they suck against the run with Lawrence guy in the game.
0: That's not, that's a fact. They were running <laughs> the other way on a lot of these. I'll tell you that much. And they were holding Lawrence Guy. So I don't know if it's guy. I think, I think the real issue here is, I mean, like Carl Davis and Devon Godshaw did not have good games, but they played about as well as they have. It's the second level guys. The linebackers did not fill as well as they should have. Um, I thought Bentley and Tavai had probably their worst games of the season. Tavai was not yeah. hitting hard at all. Like, the bears tight ends were beating up the linebackers blocking and the bear's wide receivers were beating up the Pats' defensive backs blocking. And they're also, I mean, it was the Patriots were basically having a whole bunch of light boxes too, because the bears had all the horizontal movement. It was kind of like that 49ers game a couple of years ago where you're just stretching a defense out horizontally. So, you don't need the, the deep threat to get guys all across the field and spread out. And then you're, you got numbers advantages for running. And it doesn't really like, it doesn't really matter if guys are making plays or not because they're so right. outnumbered. There's nothing you can really do. And that's, it's why they say any given Sunday in the NFL, because if you come out and you do something that the other team isn't ready for, and I, I don't, I don't mind that they weren't ready for it. In the first half, I mind that they had nothing to adjust to, in the second
1: half, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like spy, Justin Fields, like on every play. I mean, like how hard is that to do? Just spy him on every play and and play cover one. Like that—that's not that difficult.
0: And then the big, the big play, play where they did, coverage.
1: You know, and well,
0: the big play where they did that is that play down the sideline to commit where they made a play. And right there was—I know there was another one where Fields took off, where they had a, a cover one and a spy, but just because of the way the pressure came in, the spy can't get there, and it's right. just. It's the way football goes sometimes where it was, it was not their night. I will say, I think, yeah, yeah. which is where it's like this game isn't that far off from what happened against the lions. It's just one gets away from you and one doesn't. And one, you get fourth down stops. The other one, you can't get third down stops. And one of them, you get picks the other one. The ball doesn't bounce into your arms. Like that's, that's the difference. And this defense, you're missing Barmore and Duggar, who are your two big yeah. playmakers on defense, which I think showed.
1: The Bears and I made
0: it. Jack Jones made a nice play in the running game early on, though. I will go yes, and give he them did. credit for that.
1: Well, and they didn't throw towards him because they're not stupid, Um <laughs> you know. But I, I do. What's funny, I don't, I don't remember if it was you that said it. it Might have been you guys, and I'm not sure where I heard it from. But uh the Chicago Bears tied their season high in third down conversions in the first
0: half. Yeah. That was in that the was first
1: big. half. I mean, like that's embarrassing. That's and just like,
0: were, and so many of them were third and longs too. Yeah. Which also it's like, I watched you watch them back and it was just, it was a whole lot of, it wasn't really guys making mistakes. It was just are you can't really play a perfect defense. Like every defensive call has a weakness somewhere in it. And the bears had something for it and fields made a play. And it's if, if you came into the game and said the Bears will only beat you if Justin Fields makes plays, you're going to think to yourself, all right, the Pats probably win in this game. Well, right. Fields made plays. Best one. team he's had in the pros yet.
1: Right. And now, you know, you're going against the Jets this weekend, and I guess we have to talk about the game, even if it's only yeah. for 10 minutes because – yeah, Yes, guys.
0: Before we get to it, can I just do one minute on special teams here? Oh, my Lord. Jake yes. Bailey, what happened, man? What did you do with this off – like, are you clearly uh, did. You enjoy your offseason a little bit too much because you went from one of the best punters in the league, maybe the best punter in the league, to one of the worst overnight. And that's a contract they can't even dump next year. He's like, right. like four million on the books next year. You're he's playing. He's on this team next year, so he's got to figure it out. Uh, also, John U. Smith, learn how to block on a kickoff return. Mike Reese mentioned this, and I was noticing it too. That second Marcus Jones return, he's just standing there, not blocking anybody. Two guys go past him and, talk, and tackle Marcus Jones. Right. Which that was on Raekwon McMillan, too. He just watched his guy go by him and ran ran with him down the field. And it's just I you Marcus Jones was taking kicks out because clearly they thought they had something and guys were not executing blocks. You can right. talk coaching all you want, but at a certain point, the players have to actually make the plays. I don't know why they weren't, but they just seemed not emotionally ready to play. No,
1: and ultimately it comes down to, and I mean, everyone knows how I feel about Marcus Jones. It ultimately comes down to the return man is responsible for one guy. The return man has to make one guy miss, and everybody else should be picked up. Like, he should have, he should be able to get to one guy, and if he makes that one guy miss, he's able to get a good return. Now, he's not going to take it to the house, but he's able, you know if he makes three guys miss, then maybe he scores. Mm-hmm. But if you make one guy miss, it's going to be a good return. He was making a guy miss, and he'd still get tackled by three guys. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, you yeah, can't, and, and you know, fact, like, it's crazy.
0: And the fact that he was routinely taking kicks out of the end zone tells me that the coaches identified something with the Bears. It was like, we got to return kicks against them because we're going to get good plays here. Right. Either that or they felt really confident in their own kickoff return unit, and it just— was not that. I, I don't i don't know no. what it is but in all three phases the team was just making really dumb plays really yeah, bad really, mental no. mistakes not yet yeah, not physical not energized and i don't i don't know what the answer is to that i don't know if that's coaching i don't know if that's player evaluation i don't know if somebody set off the fire alarm in the team hotel the night before i got i don't know what it is but yeah it's the same way they looked week one
1: right they've right. had
0: two games like that this year that's it, yeah. And, so, and now we'll see, yeah. And you're up to four losses. One of them you're losing a quarterback in the middle of the game, and another one is on Mac, and the other two where the team did not show up.
1: Yeah, and you can't yeah. have
0: that many losses that way.
1: Right. Well, and now, okay. Now you get now you get to this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. You're in New Jersey against the Jets, and. This is the season. It's the season on Sunday. If you lose this game, your season's over, right? And I mean, they got nine games left. There'll be three games back of the Jets with the Jets having beat them. I, the, the probability, the likelihood of them coming back after that is, is slim to none and, and, you know, slim left town. It just, it's not, it's not happening. So you have to win on Sunday. If you have any, you know, aspirations of making a run later on in the season you have to win on Sunday and realistically you have to win the next three games right you have to win the next three um, you probably know, is...
0: more than that I mean the oh, the, for sure. insur- the insurance for this team is out the window You're that's correct basically their margin of error at this point is the two bills games you can lose the two bills games and you got to do everything else right
1: right Right. And that's, you know, it's one because you, right, you're at four losses right now. Right. And so you can finish 10 and seven. Maybe there's another loss in there somewhere. Right. Maybe it's Cincinnati on, on Christmas Eve or something like that. But
0: Arizona NFC loss that won't hurt as much. Yeah, on the very
1: true. Very true. So those are the things you just you have to go out and win these games. And it starts against the Jets and the Jets are flying high at five and two. They look like they're a legitimate good football team. They look Mm -hmm. like they're a good football team. Now we can talk about how Green Bay stinks. And we can talk about how, you know.
0: Denver's uh, awful.
1: Right. We can talk about all that stuff. That's fine. We can talk about that stuff. That's fine. We keep getting spam messages. It's really pissing me off. (laughs) Um, But we can talk about that stuff. But ultimately, it doesn't, like, yeah, fine. That's fine. You played Green Bay and lost. So, like, you can talk about how those teams suck but they beat the doors off of green Bay and you lost to green Bay. Right. So like they beat the doors off, but they beat them. Right. And so like, you know, we can talk about whatever you want, but the fact is they're five and two and you're three and four. Right. And so, and you're going on the road to try to beat the jets who are flying high. Now they were without the number one running back, which hurts. Of course they're without their, one of their starting offensive linemen, and Elijah Vera Tucker, who was a first round pick last year. That also hurts. But, like, still, Zach Wilson's yeah. coming back. Like, you know, he's he's finally kind of rounding into form. And then what this is his third game back. So, like, he's going to be healthier now. I just – it's a tough yeah. game, man. And they're playing – I think this is the best defense they've seen so far this year.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's what scares me. This Jets offense doesn't bother me. Zach Wilson has been horrendous under pressure this yeah. year. Uh, one of the truly abysmal. And – if you're able to, if if they can stop the run on early downs, and it's the same, same recipe we've been talking right. about, stop the run on early downs and force Zach Wilson to have to beat you through the air, you're probably getting two picks off of him. The way yeah. things have gone this year, and you're probably getting a lot of three outs or a lot of two first down drives, and that's going to be, or the defense can do it. What my concern is, is that the Jets have Quinn and Williams, was a very good defensive tackle in the middle, who's going to go up against a rookie in Cole Strange and probably James Ference at center, which uh, that scares me. Yeah. And on the outside, the Jets have sauce Gardner who might be the only corner as good or better than Jack Jones as a rookie this year. I mean, he has been shut down. So it's one of those positions like this offense, ha- it's going to be a team effort on offense this week. And, you might only need to get ten points to win this one, depending on how things go on the other side of the ball. But you need to make it happen. You can't have you can't have the self-inflicted wounds this week. You just can't do it. If you have if you have plays and drives where you're having a tough time moving the ball, you can live with it. If it's Quinn and Williams and you're going to have backups, you got to fight through it. You got to stay tough mentally. God, know that this is going to be a brutal drag them out type of game with probably a very low scoring. Game. that means you have to avoid making the costly error you can't you just you can't make a play that loses this game right because the jets the jets will do it to themselves if you give zach wilson enough opportunities right
1: well really really right what it comes down to is turnovers gotta win the turnover battle and and the mental errors like you said you can't have them they can't yeah. happen you have to. You can't be holding. You can't be tripping. You can't be false starts. You can't have that crap. It just it can't happen. No, and you it sounds stupid. Can't
0: have it drops.
1: Right. Right. And have guys
0: of the wrong route. Like.
1: Correct. And it sounds dumb, but like it's fundamental football. Mm-hmm. And like this is something that the Patriots have always been better than other teams at. That's why when they play teams like the Jets, you mm-hmm. know they're going to win because the Jets are going to make stupid mistakes and the Patriots aren't.
0: You're playing and with now, a weighted coin when you do all the, th- the little things right.
1: Correct. Right. And now that's not the case. That's not the case anymore. They don't take care of the football as well as they used to. They have stupid penalties all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you don't have those smart plays that you make anymore. And that is that's tough. It, it's, you know, now it narrows the field already. And then you don't have the talent you used to have either. So now it's like, okay, the field is even more narrow than it used to be. So it's going to be really tough. I think it's, you know, it's a tough game. But, like, ultimately, you got to hope that they they win this game. And, again, the games, this is it. This is the only one, right? Um, I will say, and Brad's talking about, I think it's interesting. He he lives in the WFAN market, and they're not afraid of the Pats. Which I think is funny that, that they're not, and they shouldn't be. They should be pretty confident yeah. right now. And they are, which is good. That Brees Hall injury is tough for them because I, like I know it. Michael I like Carter's a good man. player. Yeah. I know Michael Carter's a good player, but like he's not Brees Hall. And so, you know, he's been playing his they ball. Got, he's,
0: they got know. James Robinson now. They made that move to go get him. Which he's fine. Like he's yeah. he he's an NFL running back. They're not going out there with somebody that right. you brought up from the practice squad. Correct. Yes. Um, it's not it's not DeAndre Swift or Nick Chubb on the other side, but it is a real football player. Um, one one thing I thought was interesting. I was playing around with some of the, the advanced stats today, and I noticed this Jets defense gets really it gets a lot worse throughout the downs. But the Jets defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL on first down, and then they are mediocre on second down, and then they are awful on third down, and then the Patriots offense is on first and second downs. And this is this is all like early in the game stuff, trying to filter out weird stuff at the end of games. Yeah. First two downs, they're the second worst offense in football, but then on third down, they are the second best offense in football. It makes no so sense. I have a feeling on offense, what this is going to come down to is a whole lot of, all right, it's going to be first and 10 and second and 10 and then third and eight. And can the Patriots actually still make a play there and take advantage of a Jets defense that hasn't played well, which if you can have some of those slow clock killing drives too, that probably works in your favor here.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And, you know, I think Damien Harris is going to be, uh, you'll use him more on Sunday. I think, you know, mm-hmm. It's a guy who they said he was going to miss like four or five weeks and he missed one. So, um, with a hamstring injury, yeah. And with a hamstring injury, you're kind of like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous that he's going to be, mm-hmm. but it seems like he'll be the guy. Uh, he'll be more involved. You would think he'll be more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see, but you know, you would think that he'll be more involved than he was on, on Monday night. So,
0: and I didn't think he looked that good on Monday night either. No, um, so it's one of those where you want him to play and play a little bit better, play with confidence. Which one one thing I will give this team credit for is the the double edged sword of the inconsistency too. They bounce back well from losses. And they usually don't get too down on themselves, and they yeah. usually come out kind of fired up. So it it would not shock me to see the Patriots go into the Jets and to MetLife and end up killing them wouldn't shock me it wouldn't shock me if they go down there mac throws three picks and you get killed like there's there's nothing that would surprise me with this team
1: man if that happens
0: <sighs> it's i don't know I might, not, might not come back on the podcast
1: <laughs> it's gonna be bad if that happens so yeah
0: but I you am, know i am gonna be at this game so oh really hopefully i, hopefully I make it back in one piece from that's me. exciting I'll that's be exciting you be rocking my judan jersey with the red sleeves so. i
1: love it yeah. I love it. So it sounds like then me and Barrett will be doing the uh, Barrett will be back for the Definitely for the post game show, but but you'll be off and I'll be in.
0: Yeah. So we'll be we'll be doing a little rotation here.
1: Keep it oh, interesting look, for the. Look yeah. who it is. Look who stopped by.
0: Oh, Keegan.
1: What's up, Keegan?
0: <laughs> Hi, Mr. Lane, he says.
1: Um, but uh, listen, man. You know this is it's a it's a massive game. It's the game of the yeah. season. This is it. This determines whether you win, whether you yep. whether you are able to make a run later in the season. And, of course, like you said, I mean, they don't have a margin for error. Mm-hmm. But it starts today. If they lose today, that's it. That's it. You know what I mean? You're 3-5, and five, three games back, three games back from the New York Jets. Three games back from the New York Jets. Think about that you for don't, a second. You don't Basically uh, guaranteed to finish in last place in the AFC East, yeah. which is just not a place you want to be.
0: Can I, can I give an uplifting stat here? Yes, you can. Let's hear it that i hope i swear, i hope to god that this is not a jinx and knock on wood before i even say it uh the patriots have won from doing if i can count correctly 12 straight against the jets yeah the, the last time that they lost to the jets was that overtime game in 2015 where the patriots played the wind mm-hmm. in overtime
1: yes that's right right yeah. around lost, right around uh, christmas time
0: yep 2 days later that was the that was the year where they lost four of the last six games when the team got injured and really fell apart. And, and they then, went down to
1: Miami with uh, Steven Jackson and ran eighty seven times for zero yards.
0: Run, 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 punt. Oh man. Yeah. And then their last loss to the Jets before that was the game with the pushing penalty mm-hmm. over time with the kick.
1: Yep. We so talked the about last that on the show. Time- was that last week we talked about that on the show?
0: Two weeks ago. Yeah, have Something like that, yeah. So the last time the Patriots lost a game in regulation to the New York Jets was the playoff game in the divisional round in 2010. At home. Jesus. And the last time they lost the game in regulation at MetLife was the game earlier that year. They lost to 28-14. I believe that's the game with a picture of Moss over Rivas going like that. I think that's where that picture comes from.
1: Really? In a loss, I huh? So.
0: Well, I believe yeah. so, yeah. I think that was that was early on in that one. I could yeah. I could be wrong on that. You might one. be right though. Was, might be week right. I think that was week two of the season.
1: Yeah. It's uh man. You know, it's been a long time. Now of course the Patriots hadn't lost the Bears in like 20 years. So like, you know, it was a little same type of, of thing. None of
0: this none you know, of they... this means anything. Like, of course. The pre- but no nobody from that uh well, I I would say nobody from the last time that they lost to the Jets at MetLife and regulation is still around. But Nick Folk was on that Jets team. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, <clears throat> one player is still around.
1: There you go. He's on the wrong team or oh, the right and team. That's,
0: and that's 2010. So McCourty would have been there then. Good and point. Slater. So yep. that's, that might be it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, I don't you know, know,
0: I don't know what Brandon Tate is doing these days.
1: Well, yeah, not much probably. Um, <laughs> you know, but I just, I mean, look, Ultimately, like I say, it comes down to that, and and it it sounds so dumb. It's fundamental football. It's not anything special. It's not anything sexy. It's just don't mm-hmm. be stupid. Don't yeah. don't be stupid. If you're not stupid, you win the game. If you play stupid, you lose the game. Right? And it's yep. it's nothing more than that. It's nothing. Oh, you know, Max got to come out. Of me. No, no, it's nothing more than that. It's just don't make dumb mistakes. Don't turn the ball over. And if you do that. You'll win because if you don't allow, if you don't make those dumb mistakes and you don't have the bad penalties, the Jets will in turn make those dumb mistakes for you and you will beat the Jets because the, beats, the Jets will beat themselves. Right. And it will happen if you allow it to happen. You know, you got to obviously, you got to play good defense. I mean, you, got, you know, you have to play well, but you can't play stupid. Right. And if yeah. you do that, you're going to win.
0: And this kind of goes back to what we've been talking about in general too, about like stacking the good performances. Mm-hmm. But you had really bad run days against the Ravens and the Packers. And then you had really good run days against the Browns and the lions. And you put it all together. And the yeah. question is, did they turn a corner then and figure something out or did they just play different teams and learn how to play against them? And right now it looks like the latter. Yeah. Can you learn? And I don't think they're running QB counter or QB power with Zach Wilson back there. I don't think they're doing it with Sam Ellinger the next week. No, oh so God. the Patriots probably won't have to deal with an offense like that until they play the Bills, which I don't want to think about right now. Nope. But this this should give you a couple of weeks now where the defense can play an offense that fits their style a little bit better.
1: Right. I agree. And Zach Wilson can run, but he's not. He they're not going to call runs for him necessarily. Yeah, it's a different right? style. There. So it's a very different style. So, so we'll see. We shall yeah. see. Uh, I have to say, man, I met July and I told him he played well. And then he played like crap on Monday night. Like, come on. Like, you know, I finally can meet him and congratulate him. And then he plays like crap. Like, he's just like, yeah, it's like, that's like a personal attack on me. He said, you know what, Pat Lane? I know I met you. You said some nice things. I'm going to make you look stupid for saying some nice things. And he also,
0: I've been out here trying to, trying to go to bat for him, telling everybody, Hey, you're saying his name wrong. And you meet him in person, you find out the pronunciation on the Patriots site that he is saying isn't, it's, it's just Tavai is his last name.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Strange. So, nevertheless, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, we'll see what happens. Huge game, massive game, game of the season, do or die, at, you know, win are or go doing, home.
0: Are we doing your little, your little, trip oh, we are.
1: Oh, don't worry. Oh, we are. I'm so.
0: frantic. I, I, I just found one. I was Good. frantically going through a Pro Football Reference looking for something.
1: <laughs> I have two. So, so don't worry. Do
0: you want to go one and then I'll go one and then you go?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I like that. All right. So, uh so here we go.
0: And now for something we think you'll really like.
1: This week in sports history. All right. So, in this week in sports history, uh as I said I have two of them, I'll start with the one from long ago. Uh and it is Rocky Marciano. Nineteen uh no, I'm sorry. What's today? October twenty sixth. October twenty-sixth, nineteen fifty one. Rocky Marciano beating former champion Joe Lewis by TKO in the eighth round at Madison Square Garden, October twenty sixth, wow. nineteen fifty one. A big dub right
0: down the road from me here.
1: Mm-hmm. A big dub for the state of uh for the state of Massachusetts, one that we need right now, frankly.
0: Yeah. Uh, right, got? we're going, it's going kind of week of here today. When is today? The 26th. 20... Oh, it is the, it is the 26th. All right. I actually did get this right on the day that we are recording this October 26th, 2014. The Patriots absolutely obliterated the Chicago bears 51 to 23 at a game Gillette stadium. And so last time they beat him at Gillette, um, that one was really just, it was a good day for the tight ends. Gronk touchdown, Tim Wright touchdown, Gronk touchdown, and then that Gronk touchdown. Mm -hmm. That one. I don't know which one.
1: That was one hell of a game. That's the one where he came off and he's like on the
0: sprawled out on the bench, like just
1: chilling, like, oh, my God, dude. Patriots scored
0: 31 points in the second quarter.
1: Yeah. Smoking Joe Cutler's on the sideline, like, ah, whatever, no big deal. Don't worry about it, you know? Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, that was a beat What's your your last one? So my last one comes from October 26th slash October 27th of 2018. All right. The Boston Red Sox lost game three at Dodger Stadium in 18 innings. The game went seven hours and 20 minutes and they lost on a walk-off home run. It was the only game of the series that they would lose. They would go on to win four games to one. Um,
0: That game is the epitome of losing the battle to win the war.
1: Yes, 100%. And my buddy, so my buddy was out. My buddy uh, was out in L.A. for something. And I'm not sure what he was out there for. But it doesn't matter. He was out there in L.A. with, with some of his buddies. And he's like, the Sox are playing. Let's get some tickets. So they got like. They got like decent seats. They paid probably they paid more than they more than they should. have. But they're like it's a World Series game when you get there? they stayed the whole game. They As stuck it should. out. They lasted the whole seven hours, which like, yeah. I mean, I realize it went to like three o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. You have to stay. It's a World Series game. You can't leave a World Series game. Exactly. And he stayed the whole time. And he said it was an absolute blast. He had so much fun, like in the stands, just like talking and and hanging and watching the game. And he's like, it was great. And he's like, obviously they lost, which stinks, but like, it didn't matter. Like we had a great time. um, And I'm like, being at that game is so cool. And of course you don't get to see them win a world series game, but still to be at that world series game is pretty cool. Um, And so. um,
0: Uh, so I I remember that was a Friday night or Saturday night. I was in college and we, we watched the game and then it gets late and it's all right we're gonna we'll go out we'll go hang out with friends i remember one of my buddies and i I have to send this to him because i'll remember this he Uh, we were in somebody's room and it like it's a college party like you know what's going on but the tv is on and the red sox game is on and we're all huddled around to watch it even though we're there i love it and then like we're out until two in the morning the game's just still going we go back to the room it's all right we're staying (laughs) up we're finishing this like we're we're in this we're we're going out we're going for the whole thing it was uh, a
1: yeah, it was a Friday night. Just look back; it was a Friday night. Um,
0: Nate Nate Avaldi. Oh man,
1: just an absolute, absolute warrior, just a warrior in that game. And yeah. yeah, it's funny because it's almost like you would think that that game turns the tide of the series, and it did. But for the Red Sox, you know what I mean. It's just exactly. it's kind of funny. So
0: they were um, able to. What was it, after that? They actually had rested pitchers, and the Dodgers didn't have anybody.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, but yeah, it's one of those, one of those games. That's like, oh my God, what a, what a memorable game that one was. So, so anyway, so that's what we got for, uh, for this week in sports history. So, uh, people enjoy the game on Sunday. I swear to God, I don't care how Mac Jones plays. I don't care how Mac Jones plays on Sunday. If you bring that weak ass shit to Gillette stadium and you're booing Mac Jones and you're chanting Billy Zappy's name, I will end you. I will end you. you not. Do That's,
0: not do that. Yeah, by and large, you don't get to pick which players you're.
1: That's you're correct.
0: Or you're rooting for the laundry here.
1: That is correct. Do I, not, I, uh, do not do that to your starting quarterback. Do yeah, not yeah. do that to your starting quarterback.
0: It wouldn't. It would not be a one of these podcasts if I didn't get one uniform note in. It's yes. Halloween weekend and the Jets are breaking out their new black helmets. They're going to be in head to toe black, which annoyed they've worn more black than green this season I don't know if they have figured out what their own colors are um, well
1: so you know what's funny about that is that um I played Madden 21 I guess last year's Madden and I was in like an online league and stuff which I don't have time for anymore but I, I was in an online league and I was the Seahawks and I ended up getting bumped from the league mistakenly so then I had to take over the Jets so I took over the Jets and every time I played a Jets game I wore The all black, the black uniforms, black pants, black helmet. And everyone was like, those are the ugliest uniforms ever. And I'm like, I don't care. This is what I'm wearing. And I would wear it. And they're like, (laughs) it's not even a real thing. And I'm like, I don't care. This is the uniform. And they're wearing those uniforms on Sunday. Which I'm like, see, I told you it was a uniform.
0: And it's the new, uh, the new black helmet. So we'll see how that looks. Uh, Yeah. Like we, another note on this, the Patriot, since the Jets unveiled this new uniform set in 2019, um, They have not played a game against New England wearing, like, the green jerseys over the white pants. That hasn't happened yet. They've they've played them in the black jerseys now twice, the green jerseys once, when they went all green. And it's basically been all white. So I don't, I don't, the Jets are a mess usually, and they don't know what their own colors are. Patriots got the silver pants back this week uh, too. By I don't, the way, I don't know. We might never see those again. I well, that's
1: that. That was going to be my note. If uh, they, if we never see the silver pants because of Monday night, I'm going to be very upset because that looked so a good billion times better than their normal,
0: you I know, go all on, blue. I will go on the record and say that, that might be the best that the franchise has ever looked, in my opinion. I but like I the red uniforms. I like the navy better.
1: Yeah, I, I I like the red. I know, you know, the whole red coach thing and everything like that. I <laughs> but like but you know, I think that's the classic Brady look. I do think that it like it just makes sense. Like why are you wearing all blue? What are you doing? Like wear the silver I, pants, they I look don't, amazing. I don't, mind the,
0: I don't mind the all blue every once in a while, but it doesn't right. feel like if you want to do it for a big game or something or like a nighttime game and you want to do something special, but it does it right. doesn't feel special when you do it every week.
1: Yeah, the silver pants should be should be the home normal yeah. that should be yeah. the home normal and the and the blue pants should be the away normal like i don't I, I don't see what I, the problem I'd,
0: I'd like to see what the silver pants look like on the road i'd be intrigued by that because i think yeah. that could also look pretty good uh,
1: well they wore yeah. did they wear silver during the brady era they wore silver pants did they not on the road
0: uh nope
1: no they wore blue they on have, the road.
0: okay they have well, yeah in the brady era that era of uniforms they Wore blue pants basically every single game on the road if they're wearing those jerseys, except for the color rush game at Tampa in yeah, 2018, when white. 2017, yeah, when they wore the white pants. Yeah, but they've never gone white over silver in this era. They did. They did the silver white silver with the royal blues back in yes. the uh, back early nineties. 90s, 90s. Yeah. yeah, which I think looks good. So yeah, I, would. so we'll I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. It does say on the style guide, pants are interchangeable with the jerseys. It makes well, there that you go. Mood, so well. There you go. You never know. So yeah.
1: but I hope we see the silver pants more because I hate the blue on blue. So and good. again, like you say, you know, once in a while, fine. But like as your everyday, come on, like you just get out of here with that.
0: So yeah.
1: Anyways, all right. Got to get some uniform talking there. That's the way it goes. So we fit everything yeah. in. We yeah. fit everything in. What happens in.
0: when you add me to the show? You didn't that's right. you right. get signing up.
1: Hey, man, that's okay. We got a little fashion style in here. We hit everything. Wait, I got to bitch note. about the fans. We got to talk about the terrible game on Monday. We preview the weird Jets. Facts. We got weird facts going on. We got, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, uniform stuff. We fit it all in, in an hour and a half. It's a long one, but it's a good one. It's a good one, and hopefully yeah. the Patriots will play a good one on Sunday, and we'll be talking about them, you know, trying to make a run uh, next week at this time. But yeah, enjoy I'm the game, it. Matt. There enjoy the hopefully game.
0: I make it out alive.
1: I'm sure you will. I'm sure you. Will. <laughs> you know, the fans over there are fine. Like they're not. You know, I mean, I, I, who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll see.
0: We'll see how they are this season. The team yeah. actually has a winning record at this point, so it might be right. a different energy in that building.
1: You would think. You would think. But also. If the Patriots lose, you would think you're more likely to get in a fight if the Patriots win and kill them than you would if the if the if the Jets kill them.
0: You'd be surprised what alcohol can do to people.
1: That's very true. That is very. True. <laughs> but, you know. So, but uh anyways, so hopefully they are you know, hopefully they're happy drunks. Not not too happy, but uh but hopefully, you it's know, pleasant. happy-ish. Exactly. So, yeah. Anyways, thank you for people in the comments, Brad and and Keegan and uh you know whoever none of the lost soul is as well. So, yeah. And one of my students as well said hello right at the beginning. So appreciate that. Uh, uh, One of my former students actually. So anyways, that's it. Uh, That's our, um our episode for tonight. We appreciate that. And we'll be back with you. Uh, well, I will at least be back with you uh, for our instant reaction podcast after the game on Sunday. Have a great week guys.